Aloha namaste. I'm Matt and we are the yoga couple. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. We're excited to, to share with you this conversation today about how we've been noticing that a lot of spiritual teachings have been obviously a huge foundation of how we approach life. But one of the interesting undertones we've noticed is some of the destruction and problems and issues that it has caused. And we're super excited to shed some light on this because it's actually something that over the last few years, as we've been healing it, we've seen how so many countless people are, are struggling with the same thing. And I think it's because, you know, each generation kind of goes through their own wave of coming across certain teachings because, right, like a book or, or a teaching comes out at the same time and we all we all digest it and then it starts influencing us and man oh man did we go on a journey with some of these teachings and and finding new age like law of attraction teachings non-duality enlightenment ramdas and be here now Eckhart Tolle like all this is what is going to be talked about today and how it influenced us the issues it caused and then also the solutions that we found I want to say that we found these teachings when we were teenagers. So, yeah, so that didn't help. That probably didn't help. And so maybe somebody who was more mature, who had more life experience, found these teachings at a different place in yeah. their life would have a more balanced understanding. And that it's kind of the point yeah. is that these teachings are relative to your journey. And yeah. I think for us, and especially for you, and I know you're going to share more about that, when we found Law of Attraction at like 18 years old and then... Ram Das and Eckhart Tolle around the same time it was like this feeling of like oh yeah that means I don't have to do life like my parents oh yeah, yeah that means I don't have to do life like everybody else in America I get to be an exception I'm the exception I get to just be here now and just attract and align millions of dollars and it's all gonna come from my <laughs> frequency and I'm just gonna have just so much peace because yep. I'm not lost in the rat race and it was like I'm just so cool. And there was this delusional joy that we were going to not have to work or not have to be responsible mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. not have to deal with taxes. Mm -hmm. And it fed this fantasy that it took, I think, for you and me being a married couple 10 years to unravel and finally get now to a place where we're financially stable. But if I look back on our financial journey, because this episode mm -hmm. really is about finances mm -hmm. and money and our relationship to money, it took us 10 years as a married couple to get in a place where we are really financially stable and grounded and where we want to be and it's manageable and we're doing well. But if I look back at why we struggled in the past, it's obviously because we had these undertone, these root program beliefs around, yeah, around what money, how money should come to us or mm -hmm. how we're supposed to feel about work, our relationship mm -hmm. to work, which was like, you're not supposed to like working because doing an effort is the problem and the enemy of yeah. Eastern being here now. I think yeah. that that was our misinterpretation, but yeah, there yeah. was this disgust towards having to work. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the definitely the biggest way it showed up for me is just thinking that work is the enemy and I just never wanted to do it. And one of the things I'm so sorry, babe, because this is what you would always see me do is 
one of the ways we started to discover this is Ash would notice that like you would you would pick up on it immediately that I didn't want to be working. I had this vibe of what do I need to do to get this over with so I can move on with my life. And so because we work together, she was constantly noticing like I just I wasn't really there because I just wanted to, because I saw it as not life. I like, want to be in nature. I want to be present. Yeah, and this I is go, such a distraction from being. It doesn't yeah. matter. This is what doesn't matter. Yeah, it was like, and so therefore it was like this weird split energy of like, I'm not really there, which then comes off as irritability, impatience, and just this kind of subtle checked out vibe or dissociated vibe of, this isn't real life, so can we move on? Which is so ironic because if you really dive into the actual teachings of mindfulness, Hinduism, yoga, the whole point is to live a life of presence. But ironically, I think when we go and we swing so much into, into these teachings, it can create an aversion to Western society and culture. Yep. And we think that there's this, place that we could live maybe it's in india <laughs> or maybe it Tried is that. maybe it's here on the island where we <laughs> moved to uh in the jungle where we're gonna get to just be natural and yeah. not be a part of capitalism and we're not gonna ever have to work and if we could just be in alignment we don't we get we're gonna escape the <laughs> matrix or like whatever yeah. the um, irony being this is one of like most expensive places in the u.s to live yeah and <laughs> yeah so exactly. good luck with that so it, i think if you are on this path of spirituality I think it's inevitable that you're going to go into these realms we're talking about and for that's sure. okay. Like we're, we're being humble here and saying we were that too. We get for it so long and it caused a lot of pain. And so hopefully our journey and our story can help maybe alleviate some of the fog and confusion around why, if we're, we're working on our energy and we're doing all this inner work and we're doing all this healing and we are working on being present and we're doing yoga and we're meditating why is life still so hard and our finances mm -hmm. such a mess and why is it still never going away and why hasn't there actually been any relief if all of this is pro promising relief mm -hmm. and i think that was the irony of it all mm -hmm. is that we go to these things because we want relief mm -hmm. and then the relief doesn't ever really come in the way we think. In the way we think. Yes. But it is there and is we're there. there. We are there now. Yeah. <laughs> we are here now. We are here now. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing changed. And nothing changed. Just building off of that right away. is So it had this kind of weird vibe of just thinking that showing up in life is a problem. I need to get back to spirituality. Yeah. As if it's somewhere else. And yeah, as if it's somewhere else. And so you can imagine how many issues this caused because now let me take it to some other things, right? Responsibilities. Um, a funny one we just discovered the other day was we were cleaning our house and we both were laughing because this has been like this constant conversation we've been having lately of we're realizing all the little subtleties of how this belief really screwed <laughs> screwed with us. And we were cleaning the house and we realized like, here we are just continuing to put effort into keeping the house clean because if we don't, 
then it gets dirty and then we don't like it. And then we don't like the environment being dirty. And we're like, okay, I guess we have to keep cleaning it. And we were laughing because we had this huge realization that we all want this amazing, abundant, beautiful, healthy, wealthy life. And one of the massive caveats that is missing from the misinterpretation of Eastern surrendered, you know, present mindfulness teachings is the more you want in life, the more effort it takes. So like, let's say the cleaner you want your house. Now this is, we could say, okay, you could hire somebody to come clean your house, but guess what that would take? Money. And so you got to work for that. You got to have effort for that. And then, so, so let's not, you know, get all nuanced out, right? We could always look at it however you want. But the point is this, right? You want the house clean, then you have to put forth the effort to keep it clean. And so same thing, if you want to make more money, you want to be healthy. Here's a good one with working out just to kind of drive this home right away is if you want a really healthy body, what does it take? A ton of effort and consistency and discipline. If you want to be more successful and more abundant and make more money, you have to be consistent, disciplined, and put forth more effort. If you want to have a really good relationship, here's another massive one. We're not going to go into this one too much today, but if you want a really good relationship, that takes so much effort and so much work. And so there's actually a huge irony that we all think that the best things of life are free, right? Isn't that like a saying? Best things in life are free. And it's like, yeah, they're free as in in the sense they don't cost money, perhaps like happiness, love, joy, compassion, humility, you know, these these things. Yeah, they're not money. You don't pay for them, but they're not free in the sense of they don't require effort. If you put zero effort into your relationship, you are not going to be very happy and in love. Like, there we go, right? If you put tons, if you put zero effort into your body, you don't give a shit about what you eat, you don't work out, you don't do any exercise, you don't nourish it, take care of it, you don't bathe it, you don't, you know, you know what I mean? Like, get serious. Like, you literally don't care about your body. You think you're going to be happy, healthy, and feel like strong and like vital? Fuck no. Like, hell no. So, it's so funny that we have this illusion i definitely this was me i mean i'm talking to myself here on this one because that was a subtle that's what we were saying is it was subtle it was the subtle delusion that i shouldn't here's what it really came down to i shouldn't have to do that and it's almost like i would tell ash sometimes it's like i'm not mad at you i'm just mad at god like i'm mad at i'm mad that god made it this way that if I want things in life, I have to put all this effort in. Like, what the hell? Why can't it just come to me? And when we came across new age teachings like manifesting in the secret, that just fed that ego delusion to a whole other level because it fed this delusion that things should just come to us for zero effort and that that's the truth and that's how God really is. And that's what, that's what it really is all about. And then I'm like, well, I'm sitting over here as a human and I'm not really seeing that as my observation. My observation after years of putting in no effort and being all vision, all manifest, all, you know, dreams. Uh, if I don't put any effort or action into my life, I'm not, I'm not getting any result whatsoever. I think this is a response to how unhappy we saw yep. our parents and we see our society and they are putting in a lot of effort yep. and they're miserable. Yep. And so is, we're like, okay, effort equals yes, misery. misery. And <laughs> we're like, F that. Yep. I don't want that. And so we run to the East and we run to New Age or we run to Law of Attraction or we run to yoga and we're like, great, a place where they believe that you could be happy now. 
and I don't have to put on all that effort. Mm -hmm. I could just be happy where I already am. But lo and behold, the misinterpretation is, is that you can be happy now while you do all that effort. While doing all that work. <laughs> That's It's actually be happy while you work. That's yes. actually what it really means. And the proof for anybody who wants a literal, give me a text proof, go to Yoga Sutras, verse 1.12. It's Byam Tan Narodaha, I think. It's yoga is 100% effort. 100% unattachment, basically 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And it means in like what the translation is really that this state of contentment, the state of yoga is arrived at by being full hearted in everything you do, putting 100% effort into everything, washing the dishes, cleaning your house, going to work, being a parent, being a partner, being there 100% the best you could be and also being 100 percent unattached to the outcome and result and that second part is what western society is missing yeah that's why they're unhappy they are putting in all the effort and then they're miserable because it's not going the way they want because they're not getting the mm -hmm. results they want because they're not having that sense of relief and presence mm -hmm. unattachment is also just being present with the work mm -hmm. being unattached this is what i'm just doing that's okay just washing the dish and so they're missing the unattachment and so then we're like, okay, we, you know, we're going to go to the East and learn an attachment and we forget to take with us the effort we learned from our yeah. culture. Yeah. And we think it's, it's not there. It doesn't have to be there, but it does. It's there. It's in yoga. It says yeah. you have to have both all the time. And, uh, you get pieces of Eastern philosophy of presence and mindfulness and you don't get the whole enchilada. And it's like, we're cherry picking things that sound really nice to us. Yep. The ego is. He goes like, I like that one. I'm going to use that. Yeah, and it's like, just be unattached. Just be present. It's like, that's not the whole story. It's be unattached and be present while you still do all the things you had to do yep. when you were in Western capitalism or, you know, in America or in whatever society that is, you have to be, whatever life you're in. Yeah. That you are resisting. Whatever it is. It's, we think stop resisting is go with the flow, let go. Because these Eastern teachings of yoga teach your suffering is a direct result of your resistance. Yes. And we think that that means great. So work, obviously that takes resistance. That's resistance. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, push and push, it's pull not working. Life. I'm not getting enough money from this. The mm -hmm. universe isn't aligning. This is taking too much work. It must be in resistance. So I'm unattached, which will put me in non-resistance. So I give up. Mm -hmm. That's not what being non-resistance means. Being in non-resistance doesn't mean back out of everything that's not going your way and just kick your feet up and go live in the jungle like i mean that's what we did that's why we're here you guys <laughs> it's stuck on the island because yeah. we thought that's what you do yeah it really means being non-resistant your your mind to what you think is a problem yeah and just like, keep moving forward it's almost like stop resisting yeah. what you're resisting. Like stop resisting in the first place. Just stop resisting the resistance, yeah. right? So for example, you you are annoyed at work. Stop annoying, being annoyed at work. That's the that's what it means. It means stop resisting what is like your life. Go to work from a place of non-resistance and presence and non-attachment. Yeah. And yes, you have to make money. You have to pay your taxes. You have to pay your bills. And you need to take care of your debt because... These things are going to cause unnecessary suffering in your life. There's no, no escape. Yeah. 
And I think we think in spirituality, we're going to get to this place of escaping the matrix where we don't have to pay taxes and we don't have. Okay, if you're one of these people and you found some crazy ass like escape and you're you're out of it and you have complete unsuffering, like good for you. But the majority of people parents i've never met anybody yeah they have a job (laughs) they they have a house they have a mortgage whatever you have things you have there's no escaping these things you have to pay for your food you have to pay your taxes you're going to go to jail if you don't and even if we say all right bro i made a bunch of money in bitcoin so that was me hacking the system it's like cool but how's your body How's your relationship, right? I just want to really pinpoint that this isn't just finances. It's your relationship with effort and period. Yeah, but I do really want to focus on finances because I think that this is the main point that people are in an illusionment of. Yeah, true. Like law of attraction. If you look in a new age and law of attraction and spirituality and you look at, let's just call it Instagram spirituality. Everybody is obsessed with (laughs) attracting success and money and abundance. Mm -hmm. And they think that there's going to be this place. I know that they think this because we thought this, that it's all just going to flow and you're not going to have to deal with the backlog of debt or the backlog of of your student loans. Or uh, even if you have all this money, you still have to learn to manage it. You will lose it if you don't. You will spend it we've had a lot of money you will just blow it and you'll have to start over all over again if you don't get your mindset right about mm-hmm. being responsible strategic because you think you can escape and avert responsibility which is the effort which is the the resistance like you have to be disciplined and so with that is that i don't remember what i was saying with this <laughs> i think i got thrown off because i thought this episode matt was about finances and so well, I just want to drive home the point that it's also the right. relationship with effort because finances take a shit ton of effort. And so I yeah. just want to make sure and clarify for anybody who's like, well, my finances are good, but I, I don't like working out and I don't like eating healthy and I don't like putting effort in my relationship. And I do think that my relationship should just be easy. And I think that a relationship that takes effort is wrong. So I want to pinpoint this is your entire relationship with discomfort and pain in life. I just wanted to nuance that out. Now, of You're course, right. we can fixate definitely and in, in hone in on finances for sure. But I also just want to make sure that we caveat this technically applied to all effort, like chores and mundane bullshit of being human. Because one of the reasons why I wanted to, the reason why I'm saying this too, is because I want to make sure in this conversation today, we go over that one of the biggest subtleties we found is that spiritual teachings especially of the east can accidentally dissociate and dehumanize us to the point where we what that usually looks like practically speaking is we see being human as less and so being on a routine being disciplined having a job having security paying off debt managing money taking care of your body keeping your shit all your house clean and your things nice and taking care of your responsibilities we have deemed as like oh that's just like so like not spiritual yeah we want to re-spiritualize and and re-teach the teachings are still true it's still true they're just getting misapplied because one of the biggest messages that we share in our book the inner work and that we also go over with our teacher trainers trainees all the time is you have to understand that 
spiritual teachings are relative and your journey is relative to where you are and so a lot of people are coming across these teachings and they think great their ego immediately gets hooked because it's such an easy sell anything that that preaches escaping discomfort and dis escaping effort the ego's like i'm sold what's up what do i got to do think about it right everybody's hooked by the idea of making money fast easy and as least effort as possible and as passively as possible that's because that's our human ego that is like yeah sign me up for that because i don't want to have to be uncomfortable the ego's greatest goal is to escape discomfort and so i just wanted to make sure and go over this we make sure we hit this because there's a huge disservice that happens when our ego gets attached to escaping discomfort and we lose track of the real relative teaching for most of us is to actually master being uncomfortable. That is 99.9% .9 of people need to just do that. You need to learn how to be completely at peace while you're in pain and discomfort. That's actually most people's goal in life and enlightenment teachings and non-duality uh, and, and these more advanced Eastern teachings of Buddhism, Hinduism, yoga, or even Taoism. The, these teachings are for someone who is either ready to die and they want to die in the most enlightened, non-attached way, or we could say they're ready to renounce everything. Like in the East, they literally are going to go be a monk. They're going to walk into the forest and be like, I'm an ascetic now. I renounce everything. Sure, it's relevant for them. But I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to leave you. That's for damn sure. And I'm also not ready to renounce everything and disappear into the forest. So these teachings are not really applicable for most of us because most of us need to take a couple steps back from that absolute truth and, and realize well, yeah, man, that's true. Like in the big picture, another big one that just came to mind real quick on the non-duality note is like, we're all one. It's like, cool. But like, how does that help me on a level of, I need to pay my bills right now. And I think that's what everybody wants to escape. We all just want to escape what is uncomfortable and scary to us. And the majority of people and, and in the inner workbook, we go over this constantly of most of us just need to master being accountable. And having the courage to be accountable, the courage to be responsible, the courage to show up to your obligations of your life and become a master of taking care of your life. That's honestly what we all just need to probably, if you did that your whole life, that'd be a well-lived life, extremely well-lived because your life would first of all be healthy, wealthy, and successful because you would have given the time and energy and you would have faced everything you needed to face. And likewise, you'd be extremely fulfilled because your self-confidence and self-esteem you get from that is astounding. And one of the biggest things I had to realize in my journey with this is effort is not the enemy. Effort is literally how we develop self-esteem. Effort in facing discomfort is how you know your power. And the biggest message of, again, the inner work is true power and true freedom is not avoiding and escaping everything. True power and true freedom and lasting happiness comes from being able to never have to escape anything. You can show up to whatever you need to show up to. You can face whatever you need to face. You can handle whatever you need to handle. And you might be terrified and you might be scared and you might be insecure. And that's okay too. 
showing up to negative emotions are okay and you learn how to master going through the on the discomfort of life man if we all just focus on mastering that the world would be so much healthier and likewise you wouldn't have people like us getting lost in hippie land for years just being like we don't it's all just gonna happen and like i'm gonna win the lottery babe there was a time we went through a massive loss and i was like babe I'm, my frequency's so aligned i'm just gonna win the lottery it's gonna be okay spiritual delusion just delusion this is important because it's if so you, important if you really are um on the spiritual path and y you know there's truth here you know that there's something here on this path of enlightenment the real invitation is for you, like when Ram Dass is saying, like, be here now, and Eckhart Tolle is like saying, you know, the power of now. It's like, be here now as you pull up your student loan debt and look <laughs> at it yes. and find out a way to pay it. Yes. And you responsibly make a spreadsheet. And the power of now is here as you look at your checking account and you actually <laughs> yes. balance out how much you're spending yes and, you and can have be, a budget and you could be totally present yes. as you do that yes but we think we can only be here now if we avoid these things and we go sit under the palm trees yes and by the ocean and we ohm and yes and we're only gonna be here now if it's pleasant that's the misunderstanding. Okay, so I just want to do a shout out for a resource for everybody is that we have this couple who we met. They they took our Namaste Together challenge, but they're a couple who are actually financial coaches, but they're like spiritual awakened financial coaches who are basically teaching. This is like their whole thing is finances and how to deal with it and handle it and deal with it as a couple. And I hope we talk about this this episode that finances is like one of the biggest reasons people end up getting a divorce. Yeah, it's like we saw a statistic recently. It's it's what couples 70% yeah. fight, like of the time they're fighting about. More than sex, chores, responsibilities, and anything else in the relationship, it's money. Yeah, and we're here. We're Matt and Ash. We're the yoga couple. And we're here. What do people say when they're like advocating for a politician? They're like, I don't know. I support this message. I su we support this <laughs> message that you need to deal with your finances as part of your enlightenment and that you you need to balance your checkbook. You need to deal mm -hmm. with your debt. And a good, we don't teach people how to do that. Yeah it's, not, yeah, it's not really our forte. We don't want to become financial advisors. But we think you really need to but do you that. you do need to be so interested. So seek out in financial support. And so we recommend, they're called Rad Coaches on Instagram. And Rad Coaches and this is not a paid sponsorship they didn't ask us to do this i just look at their instagram all the time and i'm like heck yeah like when they're like telling people like how to face the discomfort of their debt and how to deal with it and they're you know entrepreneurs and how to you know make more money and get financially free and deal with the hard stuff and have those hard conversations as a couple and they specifically coach couples on how to get their finances right and i think i think if you're if you're on the path of enlightenment step one go deal with your finances honestly seriously because <laughs> it's 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 chakra it, stuff here like your root chakra it's first your core knees need to be dealt with you can't just jump up to your seventh chakra and be like all enlightened like you can't yeah. bypass this stuff you need to go deal with your with your debt you need to deal with your checking account you need to face it you need to get your finances right here's what i would always say too is honestly non-duality and enlightenment teachings are 
irrelevant until you have completely mastered your self-care and your discipline around your health and you're completely wealthy you have complete success in all areas and you feel completely satisfied like you have nothing more like you've totally just reached your potential and your life is just so good that you're like you know i i i feel like i really mastered earth and i feel like i'm ready to leave this place like i feel like i've really i'm ready to you know to transcend being uh, an individual and i want to contemplate that like do you get what i'm getting at here is it just shows how no one really is like yeah that's me man like i've done all that i have nothing more to gain from being on earth and i'm i'm ready to just transcend attachment to this place honestly though i think that what this contemplating enlightenment you wouldn't be pursuing it it would just be a natural realization as a result of you mastering the human experience yeah. and so i know it's premature for everyone because we most are pursuing it because a good point. we are pursuing it prematurely and we are here in a body because we are here to work on our character development yeah and enlightenment and this is you know we're yogis, mm, okay? It's like the side effect of the pose. It is. We have a yoga teacher training. Another shout out. I hope that's okay. Sacred Yoga Institute. Come study with us. We talk about this in the yoga teacher training that meditation and the state of meditation is a natural effect of practice. The state of enlightenment, samadhi, is a natural result and effect of self-mastery. What is mm. self-mastery? Character development. When you develop your character and you have a disciplined life of self-mastery and you, you've you done your inner work and you, you do your inner work indefinitely, mm -hmm. you are a self-mastered being, you show up to your disciplines of life, enlightenment is a state of being, samadhi is a state of being, yoga is a state of being, is a natural side effect of developing your character. There is mm -hmm. no pursuit of it. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is why it's premature for most people because they're acting like it's something that you can go do and pursue and, and learn. learn. Yes. You cannot learn enlightenment. That's you cannot what I did. study enlightenment. Yep. You work on your character development. You be mm -hmm. a yogi. Mm -hmm. You work on self-mastery. Enlightenment will be a natural result. And even when it is a natural state of consciousness, nothing in your life will change. You mm -hmm. will be Jiva Mukti. You will continue going to work. You will continue washing dishes. You will clean the kitchen <laughs> every day. And you will do everything the same. <laughs> And you will just have enlightened state of consciousness as you do it. Yeah. That's it. And and, and that, I think that's the thing is people think they're going to pursue gonna, enlightenment and get to an bypass escape. character development. And it's a glorified version of heaven again. Uh, again, Because heaven is also, in the West, we know uh, extreme destination seeking concept. It's all about like, just get this over with so I can get to heaven. And this was a huge nuance we discovered because I was raised Christian. One of the nuances Ash and I figured out is she said one day, she, as things started to get really good and we started to experience a lot of abundance and success in our life, I kind of went into this weird state because I didn't really know what was next. And Ash would look at me and be like, you kind of have this vibe of like you're waiting to die. And I said, you know, I guess I kind of am because I feel like I did everything I set out to do. So like, do I die now? Do I go to heaven? Is this heaven? Do I just kick up my feet? Like, what is heaven? And it kind of opened this whole discussion just for starters. I don't know if I want to spend too much time on this, but I realized he heaven's not a place where you kick your feet up and relax. The I think the angels are super busy. I think they're giving constant service. 
And so I was like, oh, shoot. So wait a minute. I'm over here thinking that it, I get to a point of such success or happiness that I just quit everything. And so Ash was like, you actually seem really weird and dissociated and like depressed in a, in a, in a kind of subtle way. Because if I'm not serving anybody or helping anybody, then I kind of am checked out waiting to die because I'm confused. And that's why we know when people retire and they stop giving any service or being any connected in any way to a community or anything like that, they do get really depressed because as humans and as souls, honestly, as beings, we derive satisfaction and happiness from purpose and meaning. So I just want to make sure and hit that. But then coming back to what you were just saying, babe, about character development is I think I want to make sure and hit this point we had of what happens when the wounded themes of consciousness that we go over in the book, The Inner Work, if you haven't read it yet, the wounded themes of consciousness perceive higher spiritual teachings as an escape from dealing with their wounds. So let's say you have a trauma of, you know, feeling unworthy, like a shame rejection trauma. Well, if shame and rejection, a wound of rejection gets a hold of these teachings, the way that ego perceives that, the mind perceives that as great, I don't need to deal with this. I can just be enlightened instead. And so I can just let go of my trauma, let go of my problems and not have to heal it or make any reconciliation. Or let's say you have like um, a wound of violation and you don't feel empowered and you feel disempowered. Well, they get a hold that that energy, that type of person gets a hold of these teachings, teachings and says, ah, great, this will make me powerful. This is how I'll get my power back. I'll be enlightened. I won't have to actually heal uh, anything to do with my past traumas or my perception of things and that I constantly am, why am I seeking power in the first place? Whatever wound the person may have, whether it's anger, depression, uh, paranoia and fear or shame and guilt, there's all sorts of different wounds that we go over but the biggest thing is, is if they get a hold of it, pride being the most obvious, when pride gets a hold of this stuff, it's like, great, I'm special. I'm the exception. I won't have to do what everybody else does. I don't have to be uncomfortable. I get to be prince or princess. Like, I'm just so lucky. And so there is something really interesting to notice when you come across spiritual teachings, you have to be very aware of, is this actually relevant for me? And that's just as you, as we're seeing, we keep circling back to this point of what is most relevant coming back to Ash's point about character development is we found that I have grown, let's just say, I'll just use myself. I have grown far more than showing up to my humanness than I ever have studying spirituality. Let's put it that way. I have spent years, like 17 years now, immersed in psychology consciousness spirituality enlightenment non-duality i mean i have deep dived into it and i feel like all it did was confuse me in so many ways because once i just started embracing my humanness the amount of spiritual breakthroughs and epiphanies and aha moments and clarity and self-empowerment that i got was drastically like it was like totally the truth and it was 100% what I needed whereas all my time studying non-duality and enlightenment and like wow this is so like this is the truth and 
and trying to realize this state of self-realization and godhood in a sense is was a complete distraction because I needed to pay my bills and I need to be a good husband. <laughs> I needed to like not judge you and have my weird wounds being projected onto you because I haven't resolved them because I just want to escape them after all. I don't want to avoid them. And so it's just this really important thing that we want to give you permission and like validation and not permission in a sense of, you know, you need that, but just like in the sense of like, give yourself permission to be like, Hey, it's not less spiritual to master being human. If we look back at the beginning of this, or we listen back to the beginning of the podcast, we started talking about how we swung hard into these spiritual teachings because we witnessed so many people being miserable doing their humanness, right? Mm -hmm. And so we thought by not being human, that was the answer. And so the real invitation is go back into being human from the mindset that you've understood from the East. So being present, being mindful, being grateful, being in bliss, being enlightened, all these seeing, things. Seeing the beauty and the blessing of all things in yeah. disguise. Take that wisdom into your being humanness. That was all that was missing. That was all. That was it. It was very simple. And there's this beautiful quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's from one of my yoga books, and I forgot who said it, but I think her name was Renee. And I, I basically just paraphrase it myself because I don't remember it quote by quote or word by word, but it just always really helped me find words for this exact thing. She says, if you go up the mountain and you know you have to come down again, what's the point of even going up? Oh, good. I wanted to make sure you said this one. Yeah. If you have to, if you want to, if you go up the mountain and you know you have to come down again, you hike up the mountain, you know you have to come down again. What's the point of even hiking up to begin with? And this is a metaphor to spiritual teachings, enlightenment, having that state of samadhi is like, if we can go into these states and some people are even using plant medicines to access these higher states of consciousness and we're not able to sustain them you can't live in this enlightened detached state you have to come back down into your humanness so what's the point of even exploring them should we just give up spirituality altogether then and the answer is no because what one who has gone above and been in these higher states of consciousness they have seen and they can look down at what's below but someone who's below they can't see what's above so there's an art to living in these lower spaces these lower realms of your mundane humanness from the memory and wisdom of higher states of consciousness and so it is worth it to go and explore enlightenment meditation have these states of samadhi even if it's through plant medicine or kundalini or whatever the practice is or if it's just this trance state from you know going into your art your music, whatever it is, knowing that you do have to come back down again. You got to go pay your taxes. You got to wash the dishes and clean the kitchen again today. And you got to go be a parent and a partner and you got to go to work and put back on the suit. But you can do it with the memory of the wisdom you gain from these higher states and take that with you. Whereas the resentment that you had towards your family or parents or society who had never experienced those state of consciousness who were living in autopilot and out of lower themes of anger and resentment and you know we're just getting through the grit and the grind of they don't really have that that sense of presence and purpose in their life that's the solution not escaping it altogether. exactly it's not to change what you're doing it's change how you're doing it yeah and that's one of the biggest things 
that we're always saying to each other is every time we come across something that someone like whether we're studying a, a case study like of a show and we're going to make a video on it or something like that we're always like it's so fascinating because when we look at other people's lives and how they're living why is it that someone could have what we would describe as maybe our dream life but they're like ready to commit suicide and miserable like let's say celebrities for example we always scratch our heads on these um we look at that and we're like well wait a minute that if i was in that situation i'd be so happy and it's like well maybe you would maybe you wouldn't but the real question would be it would de be determined by how you did those things it's how you show up to your job to your relationship to your kids to your chores to your responsibilities it's it's the theme of consciousness you bring into it basically saying that no matter how much money you end up having if you're a miserable person you'll still be miserable and no matter how little money you have if you're a happy person you'll you'll, be happy. you'll still be happy and so that state of consciousness and that character development is all that matters exactly so coming back to that character development is it's less about the things although it's wonderful to pursue your potential because that's part of your character development it's just that the non-attachment part is pursue it with every single bit of muscle bone and fiber you have and also know that it's not required for you to be in your actual potential because your actual potential is internal and everything you do in life is just a simulator for that so for example showing up and taking care of your work and finances is not about the work and finances it's about who you become from doing that so for example um, work is really about developing a heart of service and one of the biggest things if i'm working with someone in the past around their career is i'd always say well if you're feeling unfulfilled and lacking purpose and meaning in it you might have forgotten who you're serving because every job serves someone or else it wouldn't exist. Even if you're in a factory and you don't see anybody, you're still serving a customer. You're serving a customer on some level, no matter what degree it is. So, so connect with who you're serving and understand that you're serving someone in something. And the real joy of effort is out of service. And then the second aspect of that is to really realize that as you show up to that, you then have this reward of finances. How you manage your finances and the attitude you have towards it is what's important to develop. Are you responsible? Are you negligent? Are you checked out? Are you attached, right? It's like figuring out, do you get prideful if you have, you know, and you compare yourself to other people, do you, right? That's what's important. It's what and how you go about it. So if you have a certain amount of money, one person can be totally blissed out with your level of income. And and back when I was a, a counselor and, a, and a, um, a coach for people, I would meet a lot of people from all various income brackets. And you could have someone that could have the exact same amount of money and they'd be completely, they'd feel like they won the lottery. And then another person is like super stressed and pissed off and they think it's either not enough or they're just not happy yet still or whatever. And that's what this is all about. It's just how are you showing up to your life and in what attitude and that development is always what it's going to come back to but again going back to the beginning of our conversation i think you mentioned i think you mentioned because we've done a couple takes here but 
that there was a time where you were in delusion around our finances and you were super happy. Like you were just totally checked out of finances and work and things were falling apart. The ship was sinking, but you were happy because you took that teaching right there. Of It's all about your state of consciousness. Be happy, right? Mm -hmm. So... So let's talk about the real one that people tend to avoid. Yeah, like it's like... Making peace with effort. Yeah, it's like yes and no because it's like... Being happy is, back to the Yoga Sutras, the unattachment piece. Mm -hmm. But we have to equally have the effort piece. Yeah, I would almost say like this. It's show up ambitiously and, and aggressively to reach your potential and also focus on doing that in the most loving blissed out way yeah how does that sound for you yeah yeah like aggressively pursue absolutely everything you think you deserve in life be as big as possible for whatever your version of that is love as big as possible be as healthy as possible be as successful as possible be as uh, responsible as you possibly can like relentlessly pursue your potential as a human while also focusing on how you do that. Because like, for example, let's say you have a, a classic cliche Wall Streeter in a negative way, because there's plenty of people possibly, you know, investing in Wall Street that are fine. But let's say you have that aggressive cutthroat person that's like, I don't care how many people I hurt to make this money. I don't care. You know, I'm just out here reaching my potential. And this is the part that we all get so fed up with with Western society is they'll lie, steal, cheat and kill whoever they need to to get the profit. Right. So it's like, yeah, you could do it that way. But that's not what this means. It means pursue that relentlessly. So try to make as much money as you possibly can and enjoy the life as abundant as you possibly can while also doing it in the most loving way. So can you be that aggressive person not aggressive in any sort of negative domineering way but aggressive in the sense of ambitious maybe is a better word so be that ambitious version of yourself but how could you do it while you uplifted and served other people in the process like for example there's plenty of people just using this cliche example of bankers and wall streeters that totally help other people they create wealth for other people and they're an amazing service to their clients you could do that with a heart of love and gratitude and joy and like wow i'm so good at picking my investments and I'm so good at making money for my clients or you could be cutthroat and dirty about it so do both pursue that highest potential of yourself while also being as loving and blissed out and non-attached as you do it I think that's been our biggest aha moment mine was more so the effort ashes was more so just letting it be like good enough as it was because she wanted she always she was more the masculine side I was more the feminine and so she was always like we could do so much more and I was like no we're already good and we kind of needed to flip which we went over in our last episode I think it's a great resource or kind of a thing to come back to and remind yourself of if ever you're not feeling content in any aspect of your life or any compartment of your life if your relationship is off if your finances are off if your ambitions are off, something's not feeling right, just ask yourself, which one is missing? Because likely mm, you're either going to be 100% attached or you're going to be 100% unattached. So it was like, man, my money is just always a mess. And if you ask yourself, well, which one is it? You'll be like, oh, I've just been 
completely unattached. That's why I have no 100% effort. I have no 100%, you know, I'm all in on this. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't even like think about doing that. That's how far away I've been from that. It's like, then that's your medicine. Not everybody's medicine is to be surrendered, yeah. right? Sometimes their medicine is get invested. I think a lot of the spiritual communities get invested. Yeah. Like get get back into the balance of pursue it because that's the thing. I think a lot of us all swung from the too attached version. And so I think in the West, our version of it and spirituality is we actually need to just be, we need to come back to what our parents and grandparents, everything we were rebelling of, but do it with that coming off the mountain lens. And it's like, cool, you went on this spiritual journey, but part of the hero's journey is to come down the mountain and come back into society with your perspective, like you said. So for those who have been super attached and have been defining themselves completely by their status, their ego, their knowledge, their money, and and it stresses them out and they can't be happy if, if it's not always going their way, that person's that person's work in medicine is to surrender and to be like hey if the markets aren't going my way if my accounts if my job if if my partners you know needs more of me if anything is needing of me and it's not necessarily going all smooth and easy for me i can be okay with that i can yeah. be non-attached to that i don't have to see that as a direct threat to my happiness the art of letting go yeah and it's really funny because I think for our generation, we grew up super privileged and we saw our parents suffering and they needed the art of letting go, <laughs> but we needed the art of effort. <laughs> and we took on the medicine of a generation prior to us. And and that mm. also probably comes too from like listening to teachers that were from a different generation. Mm. So like Ram Dass's generation and, you know, Eckhart Tolle's generation and stuff. and the boomer and just being like super you know in product productivity mode super self-sacrificing to the point of of not yeah really it's themselves like that was anymore. their medicine and then we're listening to them in this other generation and like that really wasn't the work of our generation our generation is people call our generations lazy right? for sure yeah like we're <laughs> sure. entitled yeah, and lazy. I think it's pretty. It's a known obvious. thing. We're all mad at the boomers for being like super, pro- like productivity driven and selfish, and not seeing their impact on the environment, and you know, not seeing the impact they had on their families and children or their own health and well being. They're like not mentally well, mm-hmm. you know, balanced. And then for us, it's like all mental health and just like you know, rest, entitlement, and entitlement, and all these things. And like we need to learn to get our ass in gear. And so it's like that wasn't really our medicine. And so I think it's, that's also really interesting to think about. I was just thinking about that as you were talking. Yeah, yeah, we're listening to teachers that weren't from our generation and Mm -hmm. that wasn't really relevant for us, I Mm -hmm. think, especially when I was 18. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest thing to really lock in, I love that you, you came up with it that way, is ask yourself, which is my medicine right now? Am I, am I not happy and I'm suffering because I'm too attached? to something and I do need to actually surrender my uh, and I need to be a little more at peace despite the highs and lows of life or is things so uncomfortable because I'm actually not there I'm not showing up I'm not actually doing anything about it and I need to really 
put forth more effort and that it's if I'm honest with myself yeah no I'm not showing up at all and that was like for me for sure I was like no I'm not giving my 100% whatsoever here and I'm so sorry that I'm not and if you're in a partnership it can be a really healing thing I know for us it was for us to both kind of see hey I'm sorry I totally misunderstood this and Ash and I used to talk about it when we were working through this is I just profoundly apologized because I was like I thought I was literally being enlightened <laughs> like I'm sorry I thought I was like doing it right I literally thought I was doing the teaching so that's I think why we are so passionate about this in the inner work we're constantly trying to teach the world it's relative and I think it's because we got wounded by that yeah and so it's our greatest message of it's not one or the other so notice right now what made me think of this is it's not one or the other it's what is it for you right and hopefully if a generation the next generation listens to us they won't get lost because we won't be projecting what what we think you have to do we'll say well here's the things that you need to check in with for yourself mm -hmm. this is what we did this is what our work is yeah but your work could be totally different and that's the whole message of the inner work is it's specific to each individual i think it's important before we wrap up because i don't really think we shared too much about it but these things we're saying i think you're getting it that it came from us struggling and suffering a lot in our life is that you know we've been in extreme debt we've spent more than we've made we've lost everything financially we've lived in living situations that we would consider beneath our comfort i mean we pooped in a bucket a home depot bucket for three so years. i think that pretty much sums it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we we lived in a hut and yeah, we, we, 12 by 12. we didn't have the financial ability to like support ourselves and mm. we got ourselves into a lot of financial situations that were extremely uncomfortable and yeah, caused I mean, a lot of issues in ourselves and yeah. trauma and it also it damaged our relationship you yeah. know like when you are not doing well financially and you're struggling it's very hard to have a healthy happy relationship because you are in survival mode mm -hmm. and this is really important y'all your finances need to be stable or else you're going to be in survival mode this is like basic needs and who you are in survival mode is not your true self it's trauma it's ptsd and you're creating more trauma you're in trauma and then you're creating trauma yep and so it's it's so important if spirituality enlightenment is important to you if all this stuff is important to you if peace is important to you if health is important to you that you really care about your finances because if you don't the consequences and side effects of that are going to be traumatic and that is not conducive to a peaceful life that is not conducive to mm -hmm. a healthy life mm -hmm. or a present life yeah it's hard to be present when you are in survival mode and you're not dealing with your finances and constantly being in root chakra chaos mm -hmm. is the exact opposite of what we're saying we want yeah and so it's kind of ironic that we were on this spiritual path exploring all these spiritual things then the reality situation is our finances are so messed up that the reality is is we're in survival mode yeah we want to be in enlightenment we want to be in spiritual things we're going to spiritual you know teachings for help but really the reality of the situation is we're in survival mode because we are avoiding the reality of the situation which is look at your checking account create a financial plan 
do what you got to do, get a job, go to work, figure things out, pay off your debt. And instead, we're looking at spiritual teachings for help instead of just doing what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. It's like do what needs to be done. That is the most important thing. So I hope like if anybody is feeling like, yeah, I've been looking to spiritual things and law of attraction and I am looking for some guidance because I am stressed and I am in financial chaos. It's the last thing you think you want to do, which is just do the most basic thing. Probably the thing that your parents are telling you you need to do, which is as annoying (laughs) as it is because you're an adult now and you're like, I don't want to hear it. It probably is that thing. You Mm -hmm. need to do the basic thing, the basic ass shit. Figure that out. You need to do that. Yeah. Be, Be a responsible adult and just master that. I think too, as you take inventory, one of the biggest things we noticed is that as we looked at how our financial situation was not what it should be, or shall we say not our potential, what you're also going to discover that's going to be important is on that journey to figuring that out, you need to also examine what inner work got you there that you're not doing. So for example, if I have some sort of trauma and some guilt wound or unworthiness wound or something like this, or some religious trauma that's kind of screwing with my self view, then obviously it's going to impact my finances because It's going to control my thoughts, my beliefs, my perspectives, my actions, and it's going to sway my emotions. And for starters, it's going to sabotage me by me trying to validate, see, my finances are a reflection of my self-worth. I knew it. I'm a piece of shit. I'm judged. And I might get lost in my trauma and my finances actually become used as a weapon against me to validate trauma. So instead, we have to say, all right, hold on a minute. None of that's true. You do need to address the finances, but you need to address it by using it as a tool for your healing. When you look at it in a situation, it's, it will bring up for you inner work because whatever emotions and thoughts and beliefs come up when you look at your financial state of affairs, it's actually really, really a good catalyst for inner work because our egos are heavily attached to money here because it just happens to be the thing we use to survive in the past it would have been something else you know but for now what's relevant for all of us to understand is your ego is heavily attached to money which is why it is the thing that couples fight about 70 percent of the time and it's also why it stresses us out and causes us so much suffering and people literally kill themselves over it it's because our egos are heavily attached and there's loaded messages in there There's loaded subconscious messages of what we think about ourselves, what we think about the world, what we think about the system, what we think about money in the first place, right? Like money is evil, like, right? You're going to need to expose all that. And so in order to truly handle your finances, like Ash is saying, we want to obviously make sure and say, and how you're going to do that is not only taking the practical steps, but the real solution will come down to doing your inner work, coming down to healing your your perceptions of what got you there in the first place. So for me, you know, one of the biggest things was to heal my delusions. But see, it's like, why did I become a delusional person? Because I was too uh, insecure. Pride is the wound of insecurity. And I had anger issues. And so I felt disempowered in life. And that's where anger comes from is when we feel disempowered. It's the wound of violation. 
And so when I would look at my financial situation and know that it's not what I want it to be, out of insecurity and feeling violated, the way I usurped some of that power back is to become delusional, go up into my little headspace where like I can make it all right in my head. Don't worry, I'm aligning, I'm manifesting, I'm this. And I went into these delusions all as a protection mechanism. 100%, I know that. Denial is... Denial is a mechanism of pride. Or TikTok would say, denial is a river in Egypt. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, so when we did this healing, that's what we had to go through. And a large part of this was honestly me because Ash had the, the healthier relationship with finances and effort and work. She, if anything, needed to learn to trust, relax I needed more. to actually, I mean, I wasn't healthy by any means, y'all. Like my work was, and I'm still working on it, is to get out of survival mode is to trust trust i had like zero trust zero but then faith. but if you're with a delusional partner right <laughs> you're gonna it's not very safe <laughs> so it's like, for kinda, you to relax it's like going at the same time because yeah, as you time. ground down to reality yeah, you feel more safe i feel more safe and i trust, trust and the circle repeats and it's been a really beautiful healing for us yeah. and we have other episodes yeah on, last last episode we went over that one a lot but on flipping these dynamics this one is just basically like the enlightenment like like become enlightened through your finances i guess maybe we'll title it something yeah. like that like becoming enlightenment through paying off your debt <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah we just inviting you all to change your perception of it and stop seeing it as an annoyance or 3d or whatever and start to understand that it is it is part of your enlightenment. It, it's a simulator for you to do your inner work. Yeah. It's purposeful in your life. It is developing your character. And whatever it's bringing up for you, the discomfort, the fear, the hopelessness, the grief, the pain, the pride, the denial. It's like, can you see it as a catalyst for bringing your awareness deeper into those things? In a simulator. Yeah, and if you if you're if that's all new to you, get the inner workbook, go through all 15 themes of consciousness and how to identify them. And 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 we even have a section We literally on there. go over debt and how all the themes perceive debt. 100%. We 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 should read that on the inner work <laughs> podcast. Right now or at some point. Right now. I think the book is right there. You could just grab it. Let we're going to read to you how and then we'll close off this so you can self-identify and it will be a really good indicator because then you could go get the book and you can read how to deal with it but how where are you in your in your development your character development when it comes to finances there's 15 different themes of consciousness and each one perceives them differently should we go up just tell courage we'll just go to courage yeah, we'll just go to courage because that which one ends with first, like, like be accountable and do what you need to do which is basically the message i think of it's this. the first nine themes yeah. so here we go because after that it just gets better and better and better so right. let's just identify the wounds the wounds and where we want to get to which is accountability to face our finances yeah and so as we read these ask yourself is that how i feel about my debt is that how i feel about my money is that how i feel about my finances right Okay, so from when we have a wound of rejection or like unworthiness, in other words, extreme debt may be seen as proof of our cursed existence and worthlessness. So like I said earlier, it's like it gets used as validation for see how rejected I am. Suicide may even seem like the way out, right? That's usually what happens when we when people are in this theme and they're just completely consumed in their debt. 
In judgment, we may obsess on our debts as demonstration of our stupidity or how wrong we are for having it. Like, oh, that was stupid. I shouldn't have bought that. I'm, oh, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. We judge ourselves. Or we can project blame onto credit companies or the system for how vile and wrong it all is for enslaving us. Yeah, pointing the blame somewhere one. else. The bank, it's the currency, it's the system, it's the government. It's always someone else's fault. In overwhelm, the wound of overwhelm, our debt is completely paralyzing. This is like when we just can't even look at it. We can't. We just we just avoid it. We possibly give up on making payments as if it as it seems pointless to even try. So we're just like, there's no way out. Uh, and so we just feel like the accruing interest will just keep us trapped forever. Mm -hmm. Okay, when we're in the wound of loss and regret, we might dwell on how much we are losing every day through interest. Damn it, the interest, like every day I'm having to pay it's more. Like grieving. We're just grieving and feeling like, fuck, I'm, not, I'm just always losing and falling behind. We might regret our purchases and be like, you know, I never should have done that. That was, that I just, should, ah, like I wish I wouldn't have done that. And overall feel our situation is sad and depressing. Okay, from the perspective of the wound of distrust, which is the emotional theme of fear, we may look at our debt with paranoia and we scare ourselves with worst case scenarios. What if we'll never be able to pay, pay this back? What if they take the house? What if I lose everything, right? What if, what if they come after me? What if they repo this or that? What if my kids can't do this or that or go to college? Whatever your thing is. All right, so that one's the wound of distrust. So we're just constantly in, in anxiety about it. In the wound of inadequacy, which is the emotional theme of, of desire and attachment, we're starting to do a little bit of a pivot here. We may see debt as an opportunity to chase our pleasures. This is me and my delusion. And are excited to spend money we don't actually have yet. Because we're manifesting. Because we're manifesting and it'll all come back so that we can get what we want now. And so in order to compensate for a wound of inadequacy, we fill the void with pleasure seeking and purchasing Delusion. shopping uh, which we know that's consumerism basically this is how the consumerism gets run here but it's like spending of outside desire. of your means yeah, totally. and being in denial of your actual situation 100% yeah yeah racking okay. up credit cards yeah exactly that you cannot pay back like yeah. then going into bankruptcy yep okay that's a whole nother <laughs> that's story that's what Ash did okay so <laughs> when we have the wound of violation the emotional theme of anger we may view our debt with annoyance frustration or even rage at the accruement of interest, cursing aloud each time we receive an unexpected bill, which feels violating. Another way this might point out is we just are pissed off at the markets, at the Federal Reserve that's been going on recently. It's a really common one. Uh, just pissed at, at it all, you know, just and, frustrated. and just frustrated like, with the systems and with customers. Just like mumbling under your breath every time yeah. you get a bill, just constantly being in frustration. Okay, next up is a wound of insecurity. Will, and this is the emotional theme of pride, will either be overly obsessed with things like its credit score or its wealth, things like that, and its smartest and best use of you know, how it's managed its debt and credit, or it will use debt to inflate its appearances through expensive or impressive purchases, but in reality be hiding incredible amounts of insecurity and debt accumulation. Yeah, I guess I, I this was another desire and pride. Well, like, they, they feed it into yeah. each other. You know, when someone has got a wound of inadequacy and a wound of insecurity, which are very similar to each other, you use, you're using, one is chasing, like when we have a wound of inadequacy, we chase after pleasures to, to make us feel adequate. Whereas when we have the wound of insecurity, we purchase outside our limits 
to to be impressive and to kind of like have pride like yeah. look i'm better i'm doing better yeah. than my friends or whatever yeah. okay from here though we finally cr- cross the threshold and in the theme of accountability debt is finally seen with integrity of honor you know i borrowed this money i'm gonna pay with it back. the with the agreement that i was gonna pay it back and i knew what the interest was and i said yes to this so we commit to paying back our debts by courageously doing what must be done to repay even if it takes a lifetime so we say you know what my word and honoring what i said i would do is most important and so we create a we financial finally plan do what we need to do in courage that was awesome those themes are found inside the inner workbook and it continues to go on into the higher themes of willingness because yeah, from there it gets it just gets better and better love and you get into true freedom and lasting happiness and all that comes from doing your inner work but i think it's really important to address because all those themes are the actual reason why we're not dealing with our yeah. finances 100 and we use spirituality as a scapegoat when really it's coming from one of those wounds totally and so it's like in the disguise of enlightenment and the disguise of unattachment and the in the disguise of i'm you know so spiritual really it's just covering up an unhealed wound because if we were accountable we'd be doing what we need to do we'd Mm -hmm. be handling our stuff paying back our debts being financially stable not putting ourselves in fight or flight and caring for our basic needs and also if we're in a partnership or we have a family that is like baseline level of a requirement for health for Mm -hmm. health in our family Mm -hmm. health in our relationship is that financial stability so to reach accountability means we we need to address those wounds and and it's okay if it's scary if it's overwhelming that's part of the biggest thing that that people misperceive when it comes to accountability and courage is we think someone who's really courageous and confident doesn't feel fear or these like wounded themes of maybe feeling inadequate or insecure or or frustrated like no no no, those are those are going to be there but you learn how to you learn how to manage them with grace i think is a good way to put it you learn how to feel it but take productive action anyway without it controlling you whereas when we read through that list that that's like it controls you like my delusion controlled me for example Mm -hmm. i did not feel the insecurity and then show up to it anyway i do that now those things block you from being accountable yeah like i literally was not being accountable so i just want to make sure and and give some empathy and compassion on that is yeah i still feel insecure or or frustrated or this or that from time to time or i feel still feel like a you know sense of loss sometimes but it doesn't paralyze or control it just is like yep i'm human and this is part of being human is my ego has natural emotions it goes through but i don't let them consume me we just keep showing up to it with accountability love and grace and move through it so it's okay if it feels a little daunting learn to sit with that and be at peace and just as a testimony to conclude here is that our life did improve when we got our finances right as much spiritual like matt said mm-hmm. and all the spiritual work he did the, the most benefits came from just going deeper into his humanness and dealing with the most mundane things in life our life has drastically improved since making finances a priority from a spiritual lens mm-hmm. like you can take all those spiritual teachings with you and be a yogi as you pay your bills be a yogi as you go to work be a yogi as you pay your taxes 
and our life is so much better from addressing it, from doing something about it. And so we invite you to be a yogi and pay your bills. Be a yogi, <laughs> make get a savings. Be grounded. Be a yogi and pay your taxes. Be a yogi and pay off your debt. And do like your, a yogi. Do your chores and make your bed every morning and keep your house clean. And, and, and do it all like order. a yogi. <laughs> and that's it. Awesome. So. I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, the biggest things to really help with this is the inner workbook, which will guide you through a lot of the wounds that could be causing the issues that will help you really expose what could be underneath a lot of this mm -hmm. uh, and will also really help drive home the message of everything is relative you know that's kind of the whole message of the book is there's all these wonderful spiritual teachings but what the inner workbook does is take you through in a step-by-step -step way and a really cute thing we have heard from people who have read it is they'll say you know I read up to say anger and the wound of violation they're like, and then I had to stop because I couldn't, I couldn't keep going because I, I was like, yep, I'm stuck here. Like I can't work past this yet. And that's a really fun thing because it allows you to feel a sense of direction and structure to where you are in your journey and also what's next for you. And that's really what the book guides you through doing is taking it one step at a time and understanding that you don't need to jump up to like some blissed out enlightened state you can actually just work with wherever that is for you because that's where you do need to be and every step is just as important and then the other thing too is if you if you love these conversations as we mentioned a few times throughout this this conversation today was we do have our teacher training and if you want to learn more about yoga true yoga philosophy true uh, become a true genuine authentic yoga teacher that is beyond just teaching asana and poses but really understanding the deep inner work and psychology of yoga you can study with us at sacredyogainstitute.com and we would love to get to know you more in in there yeah and then as the final resources go check out rad, rad coaches. coaches for get your finances right and um, shout out to them we love you guys and I think that they are more, way more qualified to help you get your finances in order than we are. All we can do is can, is encourage help you, with the you inner work. <laughs> yeah, encourage you to start that journey, and we can of course help help you with your inner work surrounding it. But they are the teachers who will help you take actual action and. Mm -hmm looking at your budget looking at all those things so go ahead and look them up and check it check them out on instagram and then other than that thanks for li listening and i guess i'm getting nervous because i've never asked anybody for this but if you've liked listening to us can you leave us a review <laughs> if you've liked listening to the inner work podcast we would really we're really trying to be more consistent with filming these we really enjoy doing it and it would help us so much to grow and spread the podcast so whether you're listening on itunes or spotify if you could give us a review give us some stars and tell us what you like about the show we'd really love your feedback and it would mean so much to us so thank you so much for listening and namaste namaste until next time